The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, I promised that Pete the Vet would be in and he is looking resplendent in Lycra. It is a great pleasure <laughs> to see you with this, Pete. Um, we've buckets of questions coming in for you. Yeah, Before we great. get to them, you have a, an ISPCA gig coming up that you wanted to mention. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I became a director of the ISPCA at the start of this year. It's a, a charity, it's a national animal charity. Um, it's under a huge amount of pressure at the moment in particular, with more than doubling of the number of animals that have been had, had to be looked after for a case of cruelty and so on in the first six months of this year. So we're having a bit of an emergency fundraising drive at the moment. And as part of that, what's really exciting is that it's a music festival next next um, weekend. Um, and it's called foreveryoungfestival.ie. And it's actually, it was set up by a vet, uh, Sharon Alston, who is passionate about animal welfare. And she set it up specifically to raise funds for animal welfare. Um, and so this year she's giving, uh, she, she's allowing the, the, the ISPCA to go along and to fundraise at her festival. Um, and it's a great festival because it's got all sorts of it's mostly like 80s and 90s and those kind of people. People like one of the headline acts is Banana Rama, if you remember no. Banana Rama. Um, and people like Squeeze and um, uh, who's the guy who sang True? Tony, what's his face? You know, Hadley. Ballet. It is Hadley, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. it's Hadley. Um, and Hadley, that's right. Yeah. All these people. So it's, I, I was there last summer and it was a fabulous weekend. So you can, you, it's at Palmerstown, just outside Dublin. So you can go for a day trip or you can camp there as well. And sure worth it just for squeeze alone, never mind the rest of them. <laughs> um, if, I assume if people want to find a more ISPCA website, is that the place to it's, go? Yes, it's, or, or you go to foreveryoungfestival.ie and you'll find it there as well. Now, buckets of questions coming in, including one that I have a view on, but I, I'll defer to you what with your whole degree thing. I have a nearly five-year-old Springer Spaniel who is obsessed with tennis balls. Is there a way to break this obsession? I don't want to take them away, but it can be a challenge bringing people into the house as he's constantly throwing his ball at them to throw it for him. But, you know, I think I'd actually make the most of it rather than trying to stop it. It's, um... Is that not what Springer Spaniels it, it, are for? It's, it's, tennis ball retrieval. It, they absolutely love it. It's a real highlight of their lives. Do you know that drug sniffing... Um, uh, dogs at, at ports and so on, they often, rather than giving treats to, to, to train the dogs, they use tennis balls to train the dogs because they love them so much. So I, I would use the fact that your dog loves tennis balls so much to do some training with them, to, to teach them and, and to use it in a constructive way. And as far as managing it around social occasions, you have to think about how you can best do that. And it, it could mean, for example, you just clear the room of tennis balls. If you leave a tennis ball sitting there, that's just pure temptation. Like, how can you expect a dog to ignore something it absolutely adores? So find, you know, manage your life better, you know, um, and um, use the absolute passion that your dog does has for, for constructive stuff. Should you train the dog to believe that the tennis ball only becomes animated Outside the house, or is it a good idea to sit on the couch, lobbing it back and forwards? No, I, I think you're right. That's another. That, that's one of the ways. What I mean, if you're managing things, um, you know, use it in certain occasions so your dog learns to expect that. If 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 you if you idly throw the ball around your house when you're there and expect the dog to stop being interested when visitors come, you know, do, dogs don't do that. They 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 just go with the flow. And if you've created a flow, that flow is going to continue. So yeah, manage it better. We have a question asking about cat neutering. It says, is it a good idea to neuter female cats and how soon should you do it? And can I ask the question generally about uh, dogs and cats uh, of both mm. genders? Uh, when is the best time to neuter and should you neuter all animals? Yeah, that, well, 
let's say, 10 years ago, I would have said to you, absolutely, new to them all, six months of age, end of story. Things have changed now because what's happening is we're getting far more data from computerized veterinary records around the world. So we're looking at like hundreds of thousands of dogs and cats and seeing what the consequences are of these kind of interventions. So what we're discovering is, yes, for cats, they should probably be done sooner than most vets like to do them, even four or five months of age in most cases, because the biggest problem with cats is unwanted kittens. And at this time of year especially, we're being inundated with kittens, especially feral kittens that, that, that nobody wants, and it's really, really hard to look after them to get homes for them. So spaying all cats routinely four or five months of age is definitely the best answer. When it comes to dogs, and also castrating cats, by the way, same thing. I have no mercy when it comes to gender. Just... Stop them from reproducing, basically. Uh, unless you're a cat breeder, of course. And we don't need too many of those. Anyway, when it comes to dogs, well, the routine thing was always um, spay female dogs when they get to around six months of age and the same for male dogs. What we're saying now is, well, it's more individualised than that. And the, the couple of... So you, what you really need to do is go and talk to your vet about your particular animal. For example, um, Dachshunds, who've got long backs, we've discovered that they're more likely to get slipped discs if they're neutered or spayed. More likely to happen. So there's an argument, in fact, that you don't spay or neuter um, dachshunds or long, long-backed dogs like that. Yes, that's, that's amazing. You never would have thought. And isn't it, there, is a, there are health benefits beyond the reproductive when well, it comes to neutering, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And that's why we always recommend it so much. For example, it completely prevents mammary tumours or like breast cancer in dogs, which is the most common cancer of female dogs. So in other countries like Sweden where you, or Norway, where you're not allowed to, to spay female dogs, they see it as a mutilation. They see that you're disrupting the dog's natural sex life. And how, how dare you? So you're not allowed to spay or neuter them in that country. So for that, but, but if you go there, you'll find vets are really, really busy removing mammary tumours because it's so common in that country. So we, we believe spay them when they're young, you prevent mammary cancer completely. And for most female dogs, that stays the same, apart from uh, Dachshunds and also apart from giant breed dogs, because if you spay them when they're young, um, they're more likely to have certain joints and bone problems. So for those giant breed dogs, you wait till about 18 months of age. When it comes to male dogs, Kind of the same things apply, but there's one extra thing. People often want to castrate male dogs because they want to control behaviour that they see as difficult. You have to be very, very careful about doing that. That does work for some behaviours. For example, if a dog is very, very masculine and he's trying to be aggressive to any dogs that he meets because he wants to be masculine, you know, towering over them kind of thing. But in actual fact, a lot of male dogs are, are quite anxious and fearful and their aggression is because they're afraid of things. And those dogs are better off not castrated because they reckon that male dogs need male hormones to make them feel confident. Um, and so if you have a timid, uh, anxious dog, you're better not to castrate it. So you see, it's very much an individual thing. Although I have to say my previous dog, now this is, would have been 10 or 12 years ago at this point, he was hugely boisterous. Not aggressive, but boisterous. And I thought, well, at least when this happens, it'll make, it didn't knock a feather out of him. It didn't no. change a bit. He didn't even notice that it happened. No, although there are other cases where it's really obvious that it's necessary. I remember a big Labrador dog and the lady came in with this dog and he was like, a year old. And she said, should I get my dog castrated? And I said, well, look, can you hang on a minute? Before I answer your question, I want to get your dog off my leg because he's trying to mount me. So this dog was continually trying to mount everybody he met. Now, he was definitely better castrated. Were you wearing the lycra at and the time, <laughs> <laughs> 
We have a text saying, my dog accidentally consumed some chocolate over Easter and ended up getting poisoned. This is the thing that I think a lot of people... Chocolate and isn't the other one grapes? Isn't that the thing? Yeah, they're two common poisons and people often rush to the vet so the vet can give them an injection to make them sick and then they empty their stomach and then there's zero risk. So yeah, these these are common poisons. Now what I'd say about this is that like, if your dog eats a chocolate, you don't need to rush to the vet. But what you, if your dog eats any level of chocolate or grapes, what you should do is um, find out... Uh, well, you should phone the emergency vet and say, do I need to bring the animal to you? Because it's very simple calculations you can do. In fact, you can just go online and look up chocolate toxicity calculator and you'll work out how much chocolate has my dog taken, what size is my dog, do I need to go to the vet or not? And so that's a very simple way to work it out. Um, but I tell you, chocolate poisoning, when you see a, a severe case of it, it's a dreadful thing because dogs do die. now From chocolate? They, yeah, and the examples I would remember would be like a little Cavalier King Charles um, that Ray, there was a box of lovely, delicious gourmet chocolates on the on on the owner's bedside table, and the dog sneaked in there when the owner had gone to work and ate the whole lot of the chocolates. That's the big thing with dogs; they don't just eat one chocolate like we might do. They don't eat two or three. They finish the box. They don't have an off switch. They just keep going until all that chocolate has vanished. Well, that leads to one final one uh, that will fit in really quickly. A text saying, "I have two Weimaraners. Is it Vi or Why Weimaraners? Well, whatever, however you speak German, whatever." <laughs> Potato, potato. They are nearly two years old. They counter surf, which I want to stop. Is this possible? They are hunting dogs. Now, counter surfing is when the dog sticks his chin on the counter and hoovers everything <laughs> off it. Isn't that right? Yes, it is. It is. And of course, they can, you can stop them from doing it. You have to train them not to do it. Uh, and that basically, I, I think the first thing you do is remove the opportunity for them doing it. Like, just don't leave food on the counters. If you, if you leave rewards everywhere for them, they're going to keep doing it because they get rewarded every time. So remove all possible rewards. You have to kind of totally Weimarama proof your counters. That's the first thing you would do. But the second thing you would do is um, you would you would train them to actually uh, basically teach them to, 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 to do what you want them to do. So when you say down, they go down and that kind of thing. And you... What people don't realise is you should spend much more time training dogs than most people do. You should probably spend 15 minutes every day for the whole life of a dog doing some training. I'm not talking about looking at your watch and saying, OK, the 15 minutes starts now. We're doing 15 minutes now. No, but I mean, through the day, maybe five minutes, three times a day, you should all the time in the back of your head be thinking, how can I train my dog a bit more? So it becomes part of their routine. And that way you end up with a, a, a disciplined um, dog that enjoys life, but also knows what the boundaries are. On that same line, one last one. I'm getting a new puppy. I'll be letting him out into our garden. Are there particular hazards that I should remove first? Well, yes, I, there, there are. There are some plants, for example, that, that that are toxic to dogs. So before letting a dog into the garden, I'd be, I'd be basically um, surveying the area to make sure that it's pet, that it's pet friendly. And... Um, People are going to say straight away, well, what plants do you mean? And what I'd say is go to this website and you'll see a list there. And the website is petfixclub.com forward slash garden hyphen poisons. Petfixclub.com forward slash garden hyphen poisons. And if you go there, you'll see the list of... But you should basically survey your garden and make sure it's safe. And sure, gardens are mostly safe for dogs. It's just a few things that you need to be aware of. And relax into the, into the knowledge that it's going to get wrecked. It's going to be holes yeah, dug all yeah. over it, no matter what you do. Dogs love digging. <laughs> Pete, thank you as always. That is uh, Pete the Vet and uh, big um, thanks to him. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.